basketball is Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett. We hope you guys had a very good Thanksgiving break. I know Nevada basketball enjoyed their time in Las Vegas. Can't say the same thing about the football team. Uh, but we do come to you with some very uh, disheartening news. So uh, the cannon is red, and it just stings. Red is a very ugly color. Very. But Nevada basketball did go 2-0 in the lo- uh Whatever the name of the tournament is, we mentioned it last week. I think. Continental Tires? Yeah, something like that. They beat two teams who weren't very good, and they showed why they're now the fifth-ranked team in the nation. But before we talk about basketball, let's talk about football. And I know this this still stings me, and I'm sure it stings a lot of uh, Wolfpack fans. Nevada did lose to the school down south they lost the cannon uh they lost 34 29 they got out to a 23 to 0 lead and then it just all fell apart not scoring a touchdown since the first quarter of the game uh what were your initial thoughts austin um yeah you know looking at the first quarter i thought we were gonna have a great game um i thought our offense was playing well um our defense was playing how they usually play um but i think that field goal um, when we should have scored, they held us to a field goal. Uh, I think that really hurt us. I think it was in the second quarter, and from that point on, um, Armani Rogers and the UNLV team just totally uh, stomped us. Yeah, I mean, I know you said you were going to keep it positive, but I am the complete opposite. I think this takes away from our season, and um, it's very it's very disheartening to see us uh, lose the cannon and lose to not a very good UNLV team. You're right. The play, the play you are referencing was a fumble by Max Gilliam, uh, which on the first was it was their first drive of the second quarter. Nevada was held to a field goal, and I really do think that uh, that had all the momentum. Just it took all the momentum out of uh, the Nevada team. Uh, Damian Baber was ejected for a targeting penalty early in the first first half. I think it was the, was it the first quarter. Uh, yeah, I think so. And so th- I think that also had a. That had an effect on it. They really didn't look good following that. But I do think Nevada – Nevada. Sh- I don't know what happened in the Nevada locker room following the end of the first quarter or even the first half. They were up 26-21, and then they only managed to score three points. Uh, I don't – the defense looked okay uh, in spurts. They got stops, but then it was the offense that could not close the game out. Ganji did throw three interceptions on the day including a very crucial one on the last drive when they had a chance to put the game away, uh, down by five, a touchdown. Obviously would have won it, but uh, he did throw a pick. Um, he tried to throw a sideline route, got picked off by, the, I think it was the linebacker. Yep. But Nevada does not cannot hang their uh, – they got a rebound. They got the bowl game coming up. We don't know which bowl game we are in yet. But I do think uh, this will take this team will uh, definitely reflect on what happened and then see learn from their mistakes and I think they'll respond nicely in their bowl game. Yeah, there, there's there's two ways I'm kind of looking at this. There's there's the positive way, which is this is going to completely fire up our football team for this bowl game. If they don't come out with a fire lit inside of them for this bowl game, they're going to lose, and that is going to cap our season off to where we're going to be 7-6, and six, losing to UNLV and a bowl game. That that just can't happen. Now that we lost to UNLV, they got to come out and they got to perform in their bowl game. We got to get a W. That's that's the only way we got to look at a successful season is if we win our bowl game. And I feel like these seniors don't really want to go out on, like, on, an, on a sour note, like losing two straight games, including the Cannon. 
Ganji played for the most part. He his stats were okay: twenty-seven to forty-five, two ninety-five, two touchdowns, three picks. You don't want to see the three picks. But what what confused me the most is I don't know why. I think this game could have been different had uh, Nevada Southern stuck with Armani Rogers uh, the entire game. Max Gilliam came in for a couple series, and that really that really allowed the Wolfpack to get some points, get some stops. I don't know why they did that, uh, but looking at the running, looking at Nevada's running game, Toa Tawa didn't really have the best game. Kelton Moore stepped up, 13 carries for Kelton, 129 yards and a touchdown including a long of 46 yards, which went to the house. So it was good to see players who step up when others were struggling on this offense. Yeah, um, you know, you take away those two last possessions uh, for the Wolfpack, and Ty Ganji, he didn't have a bad game. You know what I mean? You take away those two last possessions, you would have had one pick, two touchdowns, and it's not that bad. Um, But it's the way we lost the game, um, especially our second-to-last drive, we were our second to last drive. We're up. We were actually winning by one point. And then when he threw that pick, it allowed them to score that touchdown. Now they're up by five, and it allowed us. It forced us to have to score in that last possession, which again he threw that other pick. So I mean, up until those two last possessions, we were right in it. We were actually winning until those two interceptions. So it's not like we played a bad game. It's just. We played a real. We played a team that had one of their good days, and we had our bad days. I think one play in particular that really took took the air out of the defense was that uh, first touchdown from Armani to uh, what was it, Lexington Thomas, that thirty eight yard touchdown. And I do think that because if you look at the way the play was, it was a broken play. Uh, Armani scrambled like he somehow got it to Lexington Thomas, and like he made like three Wolfpack players miss. And I do think that that was like. Um, something that definitely like took the confidence out of the defense. Other than they, they didn't have they only had one touchdown of above thirty yards, and that was the one I mentioned. But other than that, three out of their four or well, three out of their four touchdowns came from three yards or in. So it was Nevada's red zone defense not really doing its job. They, um, yeah, and so I, I think that's something they need to work on. They had more yards in this game than uh, Nevada Southern, but looking at, and and the time of possession was pretty much even. So I do think that there are some stuff Nevada does need to work on. Special teams is one. They had a couple not so great punts. They had a, a couple missed extra points and so I and missed field goals. So I do think that there are some stuff to work on, but. Uh, overall, you can't really get too disappointed uh, in the players uh, coaching. Maybe, maybe different play calling. I, I don't know what I don't know what changed because they were they were clicking on all cylinders. Especially they started the game. They got a stop on defense. That first drive was killer. You had uh, that first drive. You uh, five yard touchdown to McLean Mannix, and so um, it was it was good to see the offense in the first quarter put up points like we're, we're normally used to seeing. But well, it's it's whatever. Yeah, it was interesting to see how the play calling. Uh, I mean, how we called our plays. It was, and I, I agree with you. I don't think it's on the players at all. I mean, when you put up twenty points in the first quarter, but end the game with only twenty nine points, I don't think that's on the players. I think that it is. You're right on the coaching staff to where we can't get the ball in the end zone anymore, and also um, Damian Baber getting ejected. That I think hurt us uh, more than a lot of people think because you look at our turnovers our defense usually has pretty good turnover rating um they're 
our defense has been the strong suit of our team almost day in, day out. You look at our defense this game, we only had one turnover. Um, we allowed 22 first downs. So it's just our defense didn't show up like they have in the past. And then add that on to um, not being able to score since pretty much the first quarter. Um, you add that on to Amari Rogers just going beast mode. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's a tough loss. But like, like we said, they need to show up for the bowl game and prove to uh, the Wolfpack fans that, you know, this this season isn't lost and we can still get a bowl win. Yeah, Armani Rodgers put up 172 yards, three touchdowns. So uh, that's that's a fairly good number. But uh, Nevada, uh, Nevada Southern's rushing attack, they ran the ball 50 times for 226, uh, which is an average of four and a half. Uh, two touchdowns. They did a very good job of containing uh, their star running back, Lexington Thomas. He only had 41 yards on 16 carries. But I do think Nevada's lack of getting pressure on the quarterback definitely did a, did influence how this game was. They only had one sack, and that's something I know Nevada's defense lived on yep. all year. And that, that might be uh, Corey Rush being injured, mm-hmm. but... I do think Nevada does need to step up its defensive pressure because without pressure, you're allowing you're allowing these corners, which aren't maybe the strong suit of this defense, mm-hmm. to have to have to cover cover these guys. And so, it'll be interesting to see how uh, this defense definitely changes its game plan, sends maybe more pressure. But I do I do think the bowl game will be successful, whichever bowl game we we do end up in. No, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. No matter what bowl game we, uh, we're in, I, I think we're going to have a successful time as well. I think we're going to get the W. Um, just because you know, and I know, I think this is just a one-game fluke with our defense. Um, I mean, we've talked about it almost every week on the show, how our defense has shown up, how we've had the sacks, how, we have, how, how we've had the pressure. Um, I mean, with Corey Rush being out, yeah, that, that, that hurts a lot. Um, and then, like we said, Baber getting ejected, that hurt as – even more because we didn't have the pass rush and uh, Monty Rogers having the time and we don't have our, um, you know, our star safety out there. So um, our defense did lack this game, but you know what? I think on our bowl game, they're going to show up and I think we're going to have a successful time in our bowl game, no matter who we play. Looking at what 24 seven sports, they have Nevada projected to go to the New Mexico Bowl where they would face uh, North, North Texas. It's either they'll probably end up at that bowl or uh, the Idaho Potato Bowl. And it's, and it's interesting to see that the conference has seven bowl-eligible teams this year, but only six will make it, so probably Wyoming won't be able to make a bowl game. Thank God Nevada did beat San Jose State to get that seventh win. Seriously. It, 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 it's huge. Uh, so on the season, Nevada will finish uh, second in the Mountain West with a record of seven and five, five and three overall. You you definitely have to think this season was a successful one, although the cannon is red. Uh, Ganji had a very good senior season: thirty one hundred uh, thirty one hundred passing yards, twenty three touchdowns, eleven picks. It's pretty good. Uh, he had a completion percentage of sixty one percent. Telatau definitely stepped up. Uh, made a big impact in his freshman year, 816 rushing yards. He averaged 5.2 yards a carry, uh, 66, uh, long as 66, six rushing touchdowns. But also, just looking at the rece- the receiving uh, numbers were pretty diverse. You had three players with over 500 yards, uh, including freshman Romeo Dubs. Uh, McLean Mannix led the team with 875 yards, seven touchdowns. 
Elijah Cooks, uh, former basketball player, had six receiving touchdowns on 22 receptions. So it was good to see that they have a, a dynamic um, end zone threat. Yeah. Um, with our with our season, I think there is some Wolfpack fans on social media and on Twitter who say that, oh, no matter what happens in the bowl game, uh, this season was a loss because the cannon's red. But I think looking ahead to the bowl game and even next season, this season was uh, a great building block for what's coming in the future. I think Jay Norvell, even though we lost to Cannon, I think Jay Norvell did an excellent uh, job with his second season. We have great freshmen, as we talked about on the show uh, before. And uh, I'm just excited to see what we can do next year with all these freshmen. Yeah, the quarterback situation is still up in the air. Um, but I don't. I think whoever whoever takes over the quarterback position has a lot of skill position guys that are young and that can make plays. We saw with Toa Tawa. We saw with Romeo Dubs. Um, we have McLean Mannix back next year. I think we have a lot of young um, skill position guys that if we recruit well enough for our defense – um, I think it's a bright young future for uh, Nevada Wolfpack. Definitely. I do think the skill position next year will be the biggest part of this offense. Uh, you obviously re- you have your top four receivers coming back, uh, McLean, Caleb, Romeo, and Elijah Cooks. But then also your running backs are all back. You have Toa and Devontae Lee. And it's just a testament to see what Neva- uh, Jay Norvell is recruiting. You, they brought in two, two, two running backs, two receivers in Toa and Devontae uh, Romeo and uh, Cole Turner. Cole Turner had uh, his first catch of the year last against uh, Nevada Southern be a touchdown. So he's shown some glimpse. Romeo Dubs looks like he's going to be a problem for the Mountain West. Oh yeah, his first his first action uh, of college was a punt return touchdown against Portland State. So I do think Nevada's um, Nevada's uh, skill positions will be won't won't be a problem next year. I just don't know who the quarterback is. It might be Christian Solano. It might be Carson Strong. Uh, this is all according to uh, Chris Murray. And I think the defense is going to struggle a lot. But I, I think Jeff Castile has done a great job. And I think Jay Norvell's recruiting ability will help. And Nevada will just find those players. But it's, it will be hard when you lose pass rushers like Corey Rush, Malik Reed. You lose DBs like Asani and Damian. So I do think it will be interesting to see how Nevada replaces its defense. But it is that time of the year where it is awards season, and the Mountain West released their awards. We'll start from the bottom and go all the way to the top. The honorable mentions for Mountain West award teams, Nevada had a bunch of them. Damian Baber, Daniel Brown, Quentin Conway, Sean Krebs, McLean Mannix, Jake Nelson, and Asani Rufus all got honorable mentions. As for first team, all Mountain West, Nevada had two members of their defense make it, Malik Reed and Corey Rush. So it was good to see that these two guys, especially the captain of the defense, come out and uh, be named All Mountain West first team. I know these guys had an incredible year. Corey Rush was lost to injury, but he still had a very good year. Yeah, no, our our defense um, has been day in, day out um, solid. So it's really good that these guys are getting some recognition. Um, it's It would be easy for them just to – pass over them and not uh, give them a shout-out. But our defense has been able to play great every week. So it's um, it's really nice to see a couple guys get in the first team, a couple guys get in the second team, and just really show that um, what our, what our uh, defense can do and what our players can do. 
Yeah, and also Toa Tau was named Freshman of the Year oh, in the yeah. Mountain West, which was huge because coming into the season, we had no idea how much he was going to play, how much any – we had no idea, like, what the depth chart was looking like. So it was good to see him him step up and uh, produce at a very high level, win, Mount, win Mountain West Freshman of the Year. So it was, it was good to see him, He and they still got one more game. But it was surprising to see that no Wolfpack players were named to the first-team all-offense or second-team all-offense. Mm-hmm. I thought you might have seen Kale, uh, McLean make it. You might have seen one of the uh, one of the offensive linemen, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought definitely maybe one of the offensive linemen would have made it. But, um, yeah, Toa Tawa, I mean – what an award to get, uh, Mountain West Freshman of the Year. I just think it shows how bright his future is. I'm glad we have him. I'm glad he's going to be tearing up the Mountain West for a couple more years for us. And, um, man, behind him, I think we're going to be a powerhouse in the Mountain West um, for a couple years. Look, Wolfpack fans, don't don't hang your head on this one loss. We have a great future ahead. Jay Norvell will, will lead this team uh, to the promised land soon. Yeah. But with that, with this being said, we are going to take a quick break and then jump into some basketball talk. Beats. Thank you guys for listening to us on whatever platform you it is, whether it's SoundCloud or iTunes, Wolfpack Radio. Jumping in, Nevada Wolfpack has moved up a spot in the AP Top 25. We are now ranked fifth in the nation. So, Woo. yeah, seven. In, uh, now we're 7-0. and yeah. uh, Since we last had an episode, Nevada won three games. They beat Tulsa by a score 96-86. They beat UMass by 110-87. And then they got revenge in Chicago, yeah. 79-65. Let's jump into this UMass game where the team literally put up over triple digits, 110 points. The Twins went off. Treshawn, uh, Trey, was it Treshawn Thurman yeah. went off? And it was good to see. It was good to see Nevada really step up in a game where it it was close at the first half, but then they they kind of blew it away. Caleb Martin had a very nice game as he put up 29 points on. Six of ten shooting from three. Cody had eighteen, but Treshawn Thurman had twenty-two points on eight of fifteen shooting from the field. Uh, it was it's good to see Nevada's offense put up a hundred and ten points. Oh yeah, I mean this game and don't uh, UMass played a good game. They're they're a team of shooters who could put up points, um, but our offense was just clicking on all cylinders. I think this was the first game where we were actually able to see. Our offense um, really click and really work together. Um, yeah, Treshawn Thurman, who we've been, who we've been, who we've been able to see just get better and better every single game. Um, Jordan Caroline, another double double. He's an absolute double double machine. Um, Caleb dropping twenty nine points. I mean, this team, and he only played twenty seven minutes, by the way. So this team is is going crazy um, with our scoring, and this was our. I was able to see uh, for the first time what our offense can do when they're all clicking and um, they're all ready to play. Yeah, you're right. It was good to see um, 
But one thing to note is it was interesting to see that Jordan Brown is starting to get less and less minutes. He only got four minutes in this game, yeah. four minutes in the Loyola Chicago game. So I do think that from the start of the season with the Washington exhibition game, Moss has now found his lineup. And he's going to what, what happened last year with their four like six-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year I think there will be seven. You have – uh, obviously, Jazz Johnson, who is the sixth man on the season. But I do think maybe they'll go to Corey Henson, Nice Ray as well. It was good to see that they found their shot in this tournament. Like They were struggling before this. They really couldn't hit a three. But then but then in this tournament, they were able to hit a couple shots. Uh, but before we, before we actually talk into the game, these announcers were, more specifically, Doug Gottlieb. Horrible. Horrible. He, he talked more about the other teams in the Mountain West than he did Nevada. Horrible. Yeah, and he was he wasn't very good. And for someone who played college basketball, I, I, I think I thought he would do better. He does have a national radio show, but I do think he would came came into this. He should have been more prepared for this game. They I also agree. had no idea which twin was which, which really annoys Nevada fans. Yeah, the entire game, and it's Nevada, not uh, what Nevada. Is Nevada, and it's there's just, no a, a there's yeah. no H in it's Nevada. Horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, um, with the rotation, it is interesting, and I, I, I completely agree, by the way. Um, I think Muss has found his rhythm. He's found the players he wants to play. It is a little um, concerning for me, just especially because I was, um, being a Sacramento kid, I was really excited to see um, Jordan Brown do great things. Uh, not that I'm saying he won't do great things, but I'm just saying I wish he would play more as a freshman. Um I definitely think he's going to be playing more as he gets older and kind of gets adjusted to um, college basketball. But, um, yeah, I think Jazz Johnson is going to be the sixth man. He's he's shown that his uh, three-point shooting has definitely come alive. We saw, I think it was against um, the exhibition games with Washington and San Francisco State. Um, all three of our transfer shooters kind of went flat. But I think Jazz Johnson, out of all three of them, is becoming um, – the shooter and the uh, guy off the bench. But to go forward, I think, yeah, it's a six, maybe seven-man rotation with um, either Zuzwa or Corey Henson coming off the bench. But it's interesting to look at for sure. And um, I think with the sixth, seventh-man rotation, I think we're going to be um, most successful for sure. Nevada did have a trouble stopping uh, Luan Pipkins. He dropped 30 points on Nevada with – he also grabbing seven boards – and having four assists. Now, this is something I've seen with Nevada. They they do a very good job with team defense, but they always there's always this one guy that has a very good game. We've seen it year in and year. We saw it last year especially. Uh, you saw it in the Loyola game. Uh, Towns had a very good game. So I do think uh, overall their defense is good, but you just got to limit that one player who, who can go off. We, we saw it with uh, – when they played last year, Wyoming, Justin James went off. He had a very good game. Chandler Hutchinson, but I think Nevada, if Nevada's defense can limit these big, their best player to a reasonable amount of points, they'll be fine. Uh, UMass isn't the most formidable opponent. They're four and three on the year now, so I do, I do think um, this was it was a good win for the Wolfpack, but they really, before Loyola Chicago, they really hadn't played anyone besides BYU. But I do think now that following the Loyola Chicago game, their their schedule gets tougher. Uh, they get into some very good games, which we'll talk about later. But looking looking at the stats, uh, Nevada Nevada's leading assist man had four assists, and as a team, they had twelve assists on 
on the game, which is kind of ironic because Musselman wants to pass the ball 300 times. So I I do think that over time you'll get the assist numbers up, especially seeing how in the first couple games uh, uh, Cody had a double digits assist in each game. Yeah, uh, our assist, I think it's going to mostly flow through Cody. But um, on the defensive standpoint, I think – I think, yeah, I, I agree. We limit their one person, and we'll be fine throughout the year. But I think as games go on, our defense is going to continue to get better. Um, we've seen it through, like, every game. Uh, our defense is getting better and better. And um, we saw it in BYU. Our defense was definitely lacking. And then, again, in Pacific, in our, our defense, almost every post-game press conference, Musk was harping on our defense. But then once we played, you know, we played Tulsa and UMass and now Loyola, our defense is definitely starting to click. Um, if we can limit their one person, like you said, like for, for Loyola, it was Towns. For for UMass, it was that one shooter. Pipkins. Pipkins. I just kept going off. Um, but I think if we limit their one guy and our defense steps up, this is a dangerous team, especially with our offense playing the way they are. I think Nevada was ranked, is ranked number one in efficient, in efficient offense. They're, so. they're killing it right now. Yeah, and so it is the offense that's carrying this team, and I'm not surprised. Look at what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jazz Johnson has to be one of the front runners for six man of the year nationally. But looking at what happened on Tuesday night, they went to the Windy City, and they they waved that W flag, beating Loyola Chicago 79 to 65. This was a game that a they, a lot of players had on their mind. Revenge is sweet. Revenge is sweet. I was reading an article on The Athletic uh, following this game. There was a moment where uh, Jordan Caroline beat a double team and yelled, this is my city. As hey, he is a kid, go. As a kid from Champaign, That's Illinois. Awesome. Yeah, kid from Champaign, Illinois. Uh, the Martin Twins went off. They were dominating the first half. What was it? Uh, Caleb dropped 21. Cody dropped 20. Uh Caleb played forty minutes. Yeah, Caleb played all forty wow. minutes, which is which is something I'm not really surprised to see. Jazz played twenty, uh, but it was good to see Nevada. Uh, Trey Porter had a double double. He had a very good game, fourteen and ten, seven and nine shooting. But it was interesting to see. Uh, it, it was interesting to see Cody take one less three point shot than Caleb. Yeah. You, you, you're, Cody. It really shows Cody working on his three point jump shot. As a team, they shot 58% from the field, 49%, uh, 42% from three. But it was interesting. Nevada is a team that really builds its team on getting to the free throw line, but they only went to the line 15 yeah. times, which is a little bit uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, it definitely is uncharacteristic. I'm totally agreeing with you. Um, I think it shows how um, – versatile we can be though at the same time Loyola coming into this game they don't foul much they I think the Wolfpack knew that straight ahead they don't they didn't foul much they don't send a lot of teams to the free throw line um so I I think it's good that we found another way to score yeah our scoring did drop we only scored 79 but we were able to you know put on um put the load on Trey Porter a little bit you saw him get 14 points and 10 rebounds um, Caleb obviously and Cody went off like they always do, but it's good to see. I mean, Jazz Johnson, he even contributed with six points. It's not much, but you know, everyone's contributing a little bit and, um, it was great. Also Trey Porter, I'm so glad he's waking up and he's, um, putting on, I mean, the, his first, well, his first double double of the season, I believe. And he's, 
he's going to have a bright future for sure. Um, I think w against USC, he's going to do real good. And it's a bright spot to look at going into USC is how our team is playing right now. Yeah, and one thing in the uh, in the in the Sweet 16 game, Nevada did struggle with uh, their big man Cameron Crutwig. Uh, Coming into this game, Crutwig was at, was shooting at, uh, 80 from 80 percent from the field. Ridiculous. Nevada did limit him to five of 11 shooting, 11 points. So I do think that the bigs definitely mm -hmm. do help. You add big bodies, Trey Porter, Trey Sean Thurman, yep. uh, to this lineup that now that featured. Three, you look at the three best players, they all return. They all know what their game plan is. Clayton Custer didn't even have that great of a game shot. Four of 11 from the field. With Ten points. And even Mar uh, Marquise Towns, he had 24 points, but he shot nine yeah. of 19. Yeah. So Nevada did a very good job on defense. They did get a couple of huge, huge blocks mm -hmm. on Cust on a cluster or Custer. So I do think Nevada's defense is, is not the – is is improving and must must refer to them as one of the worst defensive teams in the country at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But I think that's something that's like a, almost like scare tactic. Yeah, like I agree. We saw Must do that last year. Must referred to Nevada as one of the worst teams in the Mountain West. What do they do? Yeah. They lose. Uh, they lose three Mountain West games. In they lose three games in the Mountain West. Yep. Uh, make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Clearly showing that the best team in the in in the conference. But I do think. Nevada's offense did struggle at the end of this game. There were multiple runs of two-plus minutes without a field goal and points. They ended their last three minutes. They they went the last three three and a half minutes without a field goal. So I do think that 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 could be concerning, but then it's also Loyola Chicago's defense. But I do think Loyola Chicago made a mistake at the end fouling Jazz Johnson. He made four clutch free throws down the stretch. And uh, Jazz Johnson is probably the team's best free throw shooter. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, down the stretch, the second half, I was getting, I was getting worried. But um, I mean, Loyola Chicago did outscore us in the second half by two points. So they they played a they played a good game. Um, but I think that just shows how decent Loyola Chicago is. I mean, they were able to, as the game's running out, they kicked into another gear. And um, but we, fortunately enough for us, were able to hold them off. Um, I think the bigs that you touched on was a great point. I mean, Kurtwig, now, I mean, granted, some people wouldn't put him in the elite big category, but, I mean, we saw what he could do last mm -hmm. year in the tournament. I mean, he pretty much, him and Custer and Towns, led that team to a Final Four. The, yeah, that's the difference between this year's Wolfpack team and last year's exactly. team. Last year's Jordan Carolina was playing the five, and mm -hmm. you clearly saw that Loyal Chicago went to the post because they clearly had a mismatch. But now, now that's not so much uh, as they have Trey Porter, Trey Sean. So you really have Jordan Caroline playing the three. Yeah. Three or four, depending on uh, who, who there is. But I do think that I, – I do think it was interesting to see that Loyola Chicago did hold their uh, final four ring night. They gave their they gave the ring to uh, Sister Jean, who – and I, I think this was probably planned all along at I the agree. beginning of the season. Yep. But I do think it was an interesting thing because this was Nevada's first road, true road test, and it was a sellout. So I think they did very well in with the with the environment because other than this, they've played their first four games at at Lawler. Yep. Then they went to Vegas where no one showed up. Yeah. But then it was interesting to see how they will handle these next two road games uh, with Lowe's Chicago at at the Gentile Center, and then when they play SC at the Galen Center. So I do think it will be interesting to see uh, how they how the Wolfpack team handled the pressure 
I thought it was funny watching this game. They had a, a live mic right uh, right near the student section, which I think will be an absolute awful idea if they Horrible did this. Idea. I think it'll be awful if they put it in Lawler. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, we, you all can hear what uh, what Wolfpack fans think of yeah. the opposing players. It's not very nice, uh, but I do think that was a very interesting idea. Yeah, I agree. No, I think the being away had a little bit of a was a little bit of a problem too. You know, their their stadium could only hold like four point two thousand or something like that, but it was packed full. Mm-hmm. You know, there what I mean, sta- and it's intimate. Yeah, people people were standing at the top of the top of the yeah. stadium. Their uh, their stadium hold their attendance was uh, their their stadium holds forty four hundred people. Yeah. They had forty nine hundred people there. Right. So I mean, even though that's not a lot, but you think about it is in close proximity. I mean, the the players all night are getting yelled at. You know what I mean? Um, the a crowd lot. is probably just deafening. They were booing booing the refs when calls weren't going their right. way. But but that's college basketball. You yeah. have all. There is such homerism in in college basketball. I agree. Uh, and it shows that we and it shows that we can play in that kind of environment. You know what I mean? Granted it's against Loyola Chicago, but it's still that's a hard environment to come in and beat them by 14 points. You know what I mean? Now, looking ahead at Nevada's next game, it will be their first game in this December when they travel to LA to face the USC Trojans. Uh, they USC coming into this game has a 5 and 2 record. Four and two, four and two at home with their losses being to Vanderbilt, but that was when Vanderbilt had their star recruit, mm-hmm. star player Darius Garland, and then they lost to Texas Tech. Their most recent win was coming off a nine, a ten point victory over Long Beach State. So I don't we know. Took them into overtime, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm necessarily worried. USC does have a couple big wins over Montana State, Cal State, uh, Bakersfield. And uh, Robert Morris, but they they do they do keep games close. I don't know. They have they have some very they have a couple good bigs, which I think is is worrying about because Nevada. It'll be interesting to see if Nevada goes to their depth. Uh, their leading scorer is Benet Boatwright, who averages sixteen a game. But you but USC has te- uh, five players who average double digit points, including star freshman Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, but I do think it'll be interesting to see. They got this guy. They got this center, Nick uh, Rako, Rakocevich, who averages on the year fourteen and eleven. So I think it'll be it'll be tough to stop. He's six eleven, two fifteen. So I do think it'll be interesting to see. This game is Nevada's first uh, game on Fox in quite some time. So I know it's not going to happen, but I, I was hoping. Gus Johnson called the game, but he'll be busy calling the uh, Big Ten Championship in Chicago. So it'll be in- it'll be interesting to see how Nevada handles this game. What's interesting about this game is that it's at one o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know why it- why they would do that, but uh, one thirty actually. But what are your predictions for this game? Yeah, I mean um, USC is a good team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, actually, they they almost took Long Beach State to overtime, but they lost or they won by ten. Um, I mean, I'm just more scared about one player, and that's Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, that kid. Kid was a five-star recruit yeah, coming I mean, into. I mean, he's to college. I mean, you watch his highlights, and the, the kid can play. Um, but I think we take we take care of them. I mean, you look at their losses; they're to good teams. I mean, Texas Tech's I think still undefeated. Um, so I think I mean, and Vanderbilt. I mean, they're they're a great. Team. They were uh, they were good. Yeah, yeah. and so. 
I mean, you look at their you look at their schedule. The two losses are to two very good teams, and they beat the people they're supposed to beat. So, um, it's gonna be a good game. But I think we go in there and we take care of business. Um, I think our defense. I think Jordan Caroline can shut down uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I think Trey Porter, the point, the way he's playing is um, looking up for sure. And uh, I think we go in there, we take care of business. It's going to be a close game though, and it's going to be our one of our. I mean, Loyola was our first test, but I think this is going to be our first true test on how we can play against a good Pac-12 team. Yeah, and right now they are sitting at what is it six in the Pac-12 due to record. Uh, they Nevada will eventually play the number one team in the Pac-12 based on record. Uh, Arizona State, they we have them in a couple weeks or next weekend. Yeah, but I do think it'll be interesting because. This is a Pac-12 team. This is a team that made the NCAA tournament last year. They got better. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see how um, how the fans handle this uh, road trip or this road trip as they as Nevada has it. it look, you look at it, they have Loyola Chicago. Then they go – we already beat Loyola Chicago. They went from Vegas to Chicago. Now they have a game in L.A. Yep. And then they just – then they – their next home game isn't until <laughs> December 15th. So I do think this will be a very big test, especially when it matters in March, uh, because I do think USC will probably be a team that makes it to the tournament. Yep. Then, yeah. So I do think it will be interesting to see. Looking ahead, um, or looking back at what happened, Caleb Martin was named Mountain West Player of the Week, deservingly so. He put on a mm-hmm. show in Vegas. But I do, I do think this does – Nevada does look like a team that can compete for a title. They yeah. look like they look like a very good team. Uh, former Louisville coach Rick Pitino put them in an almost elite, which teams teams like Tennessee, Texas Tech, and Wisconsin, just a tier below Virginia, Duke, Gonzaga, Michigan, and Kansas. So I do think that Nevada is getting its its fair share of national recognition, which is very good because they're the fifth best team in the nation. They're fifth ranked. They should be getting this national recognition. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to give them not to not give them this uh, recognition, and you know, just I think it would be it would be way it would be disheartening, and it'd be it wouldn't give them credit. And this team is looking great. I mean, when our bigs can play, I think we're gonna be unstoppable. Um, I mean, this USC game's huge, but I'm more excited to see about the ASU game. Um, by the time we play them, they should be ranked. They still haven't lost a game. They t- they had two by games before us, um, but I think this stretch of USC and then ASU is going to be great to see how well our team can actually play, and it's going to be a great test to see how we can play against good competition. You know what I mean? USC sitting in the in the middle of the pack of the Pac-12 right now, but it's the Pac-12. You know what I mean? This is a good team, and ASU is looking like a great team. So um, I'm excited to see what we can do against these guys. I think we'll win both games just because how good our team is looking. And it's great to see them in a lot of Final Four talks, national championship talks, um, because personally I think we can do it. I think I think this USC game is definitely the biggest test for Moss because yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with his lineups. USC does start two guys who are 6'10 and 6'11 who both average 15 points a game, who average close to 15 points a game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Musk will go to Jordan, start Jordan and Trey at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what or what? Are, whether or not what are the lineup combinations like? 
I don't think with two big men who are above six ten, I don't think we'll see Nevada small ball very much where yeah. you see Jordan Caroline at the five. But it'll be interesting to see at this game. This game is Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Uh, on Fox. You can listen to on ESPN 94.5 here in Reno. But looking at another Wolfpack sport, the Nevada women's basketball recently played USC. So it's funny enough that uh, funny enough that uh, we the both men's and women's basketball played um, USC. But the women's basketball team is one in four on the, on the year uh, with losses to Utah and Santa Clara. Their one win was at Long Beach State, but then they lost two at USC and Colorado. The game against Colorado was bad. They scored one point in the third quarter. Uh, but looking ahead, they do have some easy games where they can get wins. They play Utah State, and then they play the winner of Montana. And, or whether or not they win, they play either Montana or Northern Illinois. So I do think it will be interesting to see how this how the women's team responds after such a great finish to last year's season. Yeah, um... I was really looking forward to how women's basketball was going to play this year. Um, not that I still, not that I'm not anymore. I still am, but um, it's just interesting because how well we did do last year. Um, I think a lot of Wolfpack fans are kind of testing the waters with them, kind of saying, um, "Yeah, we'll see if it was just a fluke or not." You know, a one and done kind of deal. But I mean, the school obviously puts a lot of faith in our new program. Um, obviously extending our Amanda Levens. Yeah, Amanda Levens contract. Um, so it's just interesting to see how our season has played out so far. Um, I don't know about the type of or the level of competition we've been playing, if they've been kind of Look, we've, we've, we've played three Pac-12 schools already. USC is a really good team. They're, they're going to be one of the top teams in the Pac-12. But I do, I do think uh, it, it is interesting to see how – uh, this team has really changed. This team lost a good amount of seniors. They lost their ball handler. They lost uh, their some of their top scorers from last year. So it's been interesting to see how Amanda Levins handles this team. And I do think it will be interesting because, obviously, when you have seven new players, including freshmen and transfers, you it's going to be tough. And I think that over time, you'll see that – you'll see the team um, – You'll see their team chemistry get up. You see, you'll see the dynamics go up. This is a team that currently turns the ball over quite a bit. So I do think that over time, um, over time, those numbers will go down. They're not the greatest at shooting teams, but obviously, as time goes on, players will start finding their shots. So there, it, it is concerning that they're only one in four. They should have beat what was it? They should have beat uh, Santa Clara. Santa Clara. They're not a very good team, but I, I, I'm not really concerned. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's interesting because you could look at this year two ways. You can look this year as kind of a uh, rebound or a kind of follow-up to last year's team, or you can look at it as a brand-new start and kind of a transition year. Um, this is our first year to see Amanda's Amanda Levin's uh, recruits kind of join the team, um, but we're really able to see how she's going to trans um, kind of transform this program um, I'm excited to see what next year holds because of her continuing to recruit, continuing to do her thing. And, um, yeah, I think it's way too early to tell how our team's going to do. We could, I mean, even sitting middle of the pack, um, I think would be a successful year just because I kind of view it as a transition year. 
Um, I just am really excited to see what Amanda Levins can do with her recruiting and with her recruits that come in, um, that came in this year and continuing to come in next year so it could be her own team. Yeah, just we all we all have to remember uh, this is year two of Amanda right. Levins. Exactly. So we're, we won't start seeing, like, uh, the success of what, what she can do recruiting. You look what happened with Moss. Moss was playing with pretty much uh, – the former coaches players in year one and then year two is when when they made that leap right so i do think that come conference play they'll truly show that they they can compete with um can compete in this conference you look what they did in the tournament granted they they did have floor general timo who literally put the team on her back in in that tournament run they also had tej zeller who was a very reliable uh big but I do think that over time you'll see you'll start seeing like who who the star players are. Make sure make sure to come out and support the team. They they have a good stretch of home games coming up, including with their next home game being on on uh, December 11th uh, when they face Stanislaus oh, right, State. Right, right. But then again, after that game, they face, they host Texas Tech, they host Seattle, they host yep. Hawaii. Yep. So there's four straight games in the month of De- in the month of December for you to go out and support the team. Uh, their attendance isn't the greatest, but I think that over time, with the team having success, uh, the attendance numbers will increase. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, and that's just with every sport. Um, success brings fans, and uh, fans brings funding. But, um, I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think, and I agree with your point about in the Mountain West, how we're going to do. I think, I think we're going to do a lot better than people think. In the Mountain West, um, like you pointed on earlier in the show, we've, we're playing some good teams. You know, um, pretty much anyone in the Pac-12 is going to be a good competition against us. Um, you know, they're just bigger, better funding, better players. So it's it's nice to see that we got a couple of those games in to really see how we can do. Um, but I think I think in the Mountain West we're going to be we're going to be a force, and I'm excited to see how we can do. Definitely. And with that being said, we are wrapping up today's show. We are sorry for the uh, for the delay in the posting. We normally try to have our episodes out Wednesday afternoon, but due to some due to some things, we were not able to get it up. But with that being said, we will see you guys next week.